Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, ghetto boys is back and reloaded. All in your mind, yeah, now deep throated. This is for the streets, the real, the railroaded, the disenfranchised, the truth, the scapegoated. And they know it, we speak the truth, so they quote it. Cause we wrote it, the north, south, the east coast, it's the GB knocking, we keeping your head bobbing. It ain't no stopping, and once the beat drops in, violins, the system is so corrupt, they throw the rock out their hands and then blame it on us. It's GB. Don't get it twisted. On cold and we ain't dancing for no buttermilk biscuits. It's Willie D, y'all. Scarface is in the building. Collectively, we are the Ghetto Boys. And you know the rest. Reloaded with another episode of information and instructions to help you navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. In the studio, the host of the Rich People's Business Podcast, Dana Haley and Reginald Ballard, also known as Bruh Man. What's up? What hey, man, I brought a whole lot of serve sandwiches for y'all. <laughs> man, let me get right into it, man. You know, they always say that family should not do business together. You, know, yeah. you guys are cousins. Yeah, yeah, man. Yes. And they say that family should not do business together. What made you guys want to do business together? I got the call, man. I got. She called me. 
<laughs> and that's that was it, man. I said, okay, well, let's make it happen then. You know, let's 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 help people help themselves and make themselves better. So she had a good plan. I was like, let's do it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so what's the role? Like, y- y'all playing good guy, bad guy? I mean, what's the no, podcast what, what's about? The, what's the business? What's the yeah, podcast about? So, I'm Dana Haley. I am his cousin. I'm also an entrepreneur. So, I, this was a perfect vehicle. Um, he's a great human being. So, I thought this was a great vehicle for us to come together. It is a podcast that encompasses business. If you uh, have a business, if you want to start a business, um, if you are a person that is just interested in growing your your wealth, your generational wealth, this will be a place where you can come and gain some knowledge. And because he's such a giver, um, he leads with his heart. He has a servant's heart. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a great vehicle for him and I to uh, to coexist together and talk about uh, the dynamics that we talk about when we're together, that which is. is growth. That's it. That's growth. It. It's growth. It's about huh. growth. So, so can anybody uh, follow this? I mean, this is, is this just for rich people? Because you say it's no. rich people's business. We're trying to get you rich. <laughs> so yeah. it's for people who are destined to just grow their generational wealth, wh- whatever rich means to you. It's just a better life. Yeah, it's, we dabble into we dabble into rich people's lives to bring it to regular people. So they're mm-hmm. regular people can see how rich people do it. So they see how easy it is to get done because, you mm-hmm. know, the knowledge, you know, like, you know, like especially us, man, black people, we don't know anything about the stock market and, and you know, you crypto say. and a lot of us, a lot of us, brother, a, a lot of my friends that I'm in circle around, you know, that, 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 you know, in my circle, yeah. and I, be, I try to bring it to them, man, I ain't losing my money, man. You know, that's the first thing they want to say. It's like, man, when you see rich people make the money work for them, mm-hmm. poor people make money to pay somebody else you know, for the bills that they have accumulated, you know, mm. and, and that's our mentality. So we want to try to, you know, knock that out, negate that, you know, look, this is how rich people do it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not rich, but I know how they do it. I'd be around a lot of them to see how they do it. But I'm trying to I'm trying to get to that place. Yeah, it's all about evolution and growth, I think. Um, and I think that's where we um, where we'll shine. And what we don't know, we're going to bring professionals in to talk about things that's, and we're going to grow together. It. We'll learn more together. I mean, this is, you have to understand too, I think you can still work for some, for someone. You can still work for a company or have a job and still grow your wealth. Give us an example on how you can work for somebody at a job and still grow your wealth. Stock market, 401k. Break Um, it, break it, break it. So I feel as though, let's just, let's just take the stock market. That's Reggie's forte. He loves, um, he loves the stock market. So you can take your money and invest it in the stock market. Um, you just have to really, really save. You have to really yeah, yeah. Put, put a plan together. Well, well, well you know, I, I think, I think any man that put his money in a, in a, in a savings account in the bank is a, not that, mm-hmm. that bright. Mm-hmm. You know, lazy man, you know, because right. if you take your money, man, <laughs> and you put your money in places where that money can make money for you and you just monitor that money, monitor that money, you can see how that money grows, man, way faster. How, than- how, how much money are you trying to put in here and how much money are you willing to risk? You know, say, for instance, Apple. Uh, maybe maybe a hundred and thirty dollars a yeah, share, hundred twenty dollars like a share, something like that. OK. So, I mean, you know, you, you could buy, maybe if you buy a share here, a share there, instead of going by that, um, that watch or that perfume or that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, 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 um, piece of jewelry or whatever, you know, you, you put it over there, put it over there, man. And, and, and like, you'll be amazed how much money that, how much that could grow 
within a month How versus a savings account. But then, then again, that there are risks too. But that's a lot of risks. Yeah, there's a whole lot of risks. I know about the risk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you play, you play the New York Stock Exchange, the S and P, yep. the Dow. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I have, I have, I have Nasdaq. A, the verse for all that, man. I have so many, and right now I'm, I'm, I'm taking a bath right now, dude. I was finna boy. Yeah, I'm taking a bath right now. But I know during the pandemic, during the pandemic, when I wasn't working, everybody wasn't working. That maintained that whole year of what I accumulate. I put so much in, and I tripled it within yeah. like a year. You know, with 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 Tesla stocks and uh, Microsoft stocks, and um, I had Apple. Disney, all those, and it made money for me. So I was able to use some of that money to get through that whole pandemic thing. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. When, 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 um, when the Republicans, when the Republican left the office, did the stock market go down? Uh, yeah. That says a lot. <laughs> to keep it real, no. To keep it real, keep it real. I'm asking questions, bro. Keep it real. Valid question. You gaslighting, bro. Stop it, man. But at the same time, when Obama was in there, the stock market was doing well too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the stock market. The stock market is gonna go up and down all the time, and it's all manipulated by the oligarchy. It's gonna be it's manipulated. What about cryptocurrency? The stock market is cryptocurrency is manipulated. All of it is manipulated. Man, look, man. If, if what you, about your homeboy? You, they you went got, to jail. Let's go to jail right now. You got You got you, you got to be in it to win it. You ain't finna get you no. You ain't finna get no money without letting your nuts hang. They, what about, what about FTX? You ain't gonna get no money without letting your nuts hang. You gotta let them hang, baby. What about it? That's right. You gotta let them hang. What about it? I'm not in. I never. I never invested in it. You got it. But that's how it is, man. You got how many throughout the years? How many of these companies out here that didn't went under the plan the stock market didn't went on under? Ran off with people's money. Yep. See y'all, you you get, that's the truth. You you getting you getting blinded by the press, bro. That's the you truth. You not paying attention. Oh, I'm paying. You got attention. to do this, man. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I already it's know it's this. all on my phone. I'm watching it, the show. It goes yeah. up, man. Let me tell you something. As a matter of fact, it goes know. way up and it could come way down, brother. Oh, but but the thing is, one thing about the stock market, it in in the history of the stock market, when it when it when it take that that dip. It always hit and bounced back up, man. That was eighteen thousand dollars. The stock market. Now look at it. The stock market. One hundred dollars. The stock market is designed to rise. That ain't it's the stock market. That's, to rise. that's crypto. I'm, crypto, I'm crypto. Crypto is designed to rise also. Look, man. If you get into crypto and you don't know how to get out, that's your problem. Yeah, that's true. That's your problem. If you, if you, if you get in. into crypto and you and you get in and you you over leverage yourself, if you put up too much bread or you you paying too much money for for a coin, that's your fault. Do your I research. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't, do your research, and at the end of the day, in. and at the end of the day, even after you do your research, like I always do, at the end of the day, do not ever. Gamble more than what you're willing to lose. I like what you. I like what you told me. Never take more with you than you would take on a vacation. I mean, never invest more to start than you would take on a vacation. And this is like that business, man. It's like business, and people advice. take chances on businesses. Sometimes businesses work. Sometimes they don't. Restaurants, man. One of the. It's like they more of them fail than than succeed. So it's just any, anything you get into to try to make money is a risk in it, man. Especially mm -hmm. high dollar. Yes. yes. Where it's yes. competitive. But can yes. we talk but there's other ways though. Let's talk about since you're at, since you asked uh real estate. So he he loves which he's getting into real estate now more too, but um my forte or I'm getting better at it. My passion has always been real estate. So now I um I buy properties. And that's my goal. So that's also a way you can work for somebody. Um, I have an Airbnb. 
yeah. um, and I'm growing, um, I'm growing that business. That is also a way that you can still work for somebody, buy your property and have an Airbnb or rent it out by multiple doors. Multiple give, give, give us some type of measure of success with your Airbnb. Um, so mine is rented out pretty much over half the year. And I, you know, I might charge 550 a night. Damn. And yeah. Is that like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got she got one of them properties. <laughs> yeah. I have I, and then but I'm not stopping there. I bought my property and it just immediately um I bought it under value, which is what which, which is a great idea and I fixed it up. And so now it's worth twofold what I paid for it. But you also bought in a good neighborhood. I did. You bought on expensive mm. dirt. I did. I did. So um so yeah, I think those factors help you as well. And then one of the other ways you go grow generational generational wealth is through having a business. I, you can still have a business on the side you, while you're working for somebody. You know, I you can have a laundromat. You there's just things that you can do where you collecting money while you sleeping. You know, there are things that you can key. do. Yes, always. Always. There're just things you can do to grow. In do other ways. That, do you think that any investment is like too small? You know, like you you, you well, I know me. I don't want to put no money in something that I'm gonna get, you know, fifty dollars a day out of. You know, mm -hmm. I want to, I want to get it. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I put my money in something, I need to triple up. Yeah, in, in two years, three years. Yeah. But just think, two, think fifty bucks a day. I was telling, my, I was telling one of my boys the other day. I say, yo, man, if, if you have so many, say if you have maybe twenty stocks, and you might make five dollars a day in those twenty stocks. If you put your money in the savings, you're not going to make $5 mm -hmm. a day in no savings account. You know what Great I'm saying? Point. So so whatever Great you're making, point. you're making. So the more you put in, say, so if you only put uh, by one share of Apple and it move and you make maybe $10. Now, if you put 100000 and it move, you're going to make mm -hmm. way more than $10. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the key. How much you put in is how much you're going to get back. So, so 18250 bucks if you put in $50. If you got $50 a day return, mm -hmm. you would have $18,250 at the end of the year. That's in a lot one of year? That's a lot, of money. Year. a lot yeah. of money. A lot of money. That's some decent money. Yes, sir. Yeah, that For money, doing that, nothing. That money add up. And that money, and that money is just sitting there. Yeah. The, the cool, yeah. Everyone is just sitting there. What, what, what I like about investing is that I look at every one of my dollars as an employee. Mm, I is. put them to work. All their asses that's the, work. That's the, and they that's working the best overtime. Way to put it down. They, right work, yes. they working overtime with no breaks. I don't mean to say to y'all that hey, they working overtime. They working overtime with no breaks. They ain't get they ain't getting no breaks, no breaks. and no vacations, Nothing. baby. I'm ain't that right, work. Mario? I gotta get to that I like paper, that. man. I like that one. I gotta get I to like that paper. That. I'm using that one. Man, let's let's man, let's go back to, to Galveston, cool. man. Yes, sir. You played for Galveston Ball. I didn't yeah. know that you played for Galveston Ball. Mm -hmm. I, I ball high school. A blue chip. Yeah, and you yeah. was that dude. That you dude, was that bro. dude, man. Track football. I mean, yeah. had I had offers, man, to every major university in the, in the country, man. No HBCUs came for me, though. Yeah. Wow. None. What? Not one. I mean, yeah. So, um, but all of the colleges, man, I was, I was, I was really at SMU. SMU. Yeah, we got the yeah. death penalty. I was there. Yeah. I was one of the three dudes that they said that was still getting paid that had to pay, you know, the Bill Clements was the governor. Texas, and he was in the the whole thing of issuing out the money. They say so. So did you get paid? I, I hey, 
I mean, it's over now, man. They can't do I, nothing I, to I, you I, now, man. Hey, man, let me tell you something like this here. Man. It was very... <laughs> you got man, paid. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time over there. <laughs> and Bill Clemens, I, know, I, I know some cats that went to the NFL and got pay cuts. How about that? Yeah. Hey, is Bill Clemens still alive? Uh, is that his name Bill Clemens? Bill Clemens. I don't oh, think he's wow. still living, man. I don't know if he's still living, man. Yeah, he was, uh, Eric Davidson went to, he went to the NFL and got paid. People that went to the NFL and got paid because they were getting paid so well at SMU. That's the that's and when the they deal. went to the pros, hey, that like, was the it's all business. Oh, it, it's, hey man, college football is business. When now now they can get paid. Yeah. <laughs> no, on, no, man. not even saying. Not even uh, that bad. They already, already just, yeah. talked about it on thirty for thirty on ESPN. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, I'm gonna tell you something, man. Um. They, 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 it, it was real. It, it was fun. SMU was fun. Then I, my transfer at the University of Missouri my last year, that's mm-hmm. when I started majoring in theater, man. Right. Yeah, true story. I told my friends, I said, look, I'm finna go to Hollywood, hang with Stallone. Them. I said, the next time you see him, I'll be on TV. I left, went to Hollywood. First movie I did was Stallone. Next time I seen him, I was on TV. Really? <laughs> True story, yo. Yeah. Talk about I went speaking down. I, exactly. That's how, and I was, just, I was just messing around, yo, because I was supposed to do this play. I did this one play in college, uh, a soldier's play. You know, I was C.J. Memphis. And uh, I was supposed to do uh, Raising the Sun. I just left, man. Came out to California. I ain't want to play football no more. I knew what I wanted to do. So, Did you get any backlash from the people who had high hopes for you in football? Uh, no. Man, I was broke up, man. I was tired of playing football, dude. I, I, I didn't even let my son. I didn't, I didn't even let my son play football, man. Mm-hmm. My son is a jazz pianist, man. Huh? Linebacker? Yeah, linebacker. Yeah. But, that man, football ain't built for the human body, man. Huh. That's a bad business. That's a tough way to make a living. Just like boxing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't wanna, like you say, you want, you want your money to work for you. I don't want to go out there and have to, I don't want to have to sweat for my money, yeah. man. But yeah. I love what I do. So that's another thing. You know, if you if you make a living at, at doing what you love, you never work a yeah. day in your life. They well, say, I always so. tell them that. That's true. Yeah, man. I love what I do, passion. man. I love, you know, making people laugh. I love, you know, live theater. I love, you know, acting. I mean, I just love it, man. So how'd you get on with Martin? It was just another audition. I, I mean, I went in. I, I've, I've done a, a lot of things before Martin. And then yeah. a lot of things since Martin, but it's funny because everybody know the Martin, them 12 episodes, I only did 12. I did like 40 episodes of Bernie. Man, you only did 12, 12 episodes? Mm-hmm. A lot of impactful. people don't know that, man. 12 episodes. They were impactful. Yeah. That's and, and then, power and then, and then I, uh, I wouldn't have got those iconic role. I wouldn't have got those 12 unless you know, they, they didn't want to pay the money that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I guess who I asked to act like my manager. <laughs> <laughs> she went in there and negotiated for what? me, man. Oh, dude. She was, I was like a pro, I was, I was like, I was 22 years old and he was, he was, he was sad and lur- lurking around the house and so I was like, what's wrong? And he said, I'm not going to be on the show anymore. I was like, we getting you back on the show. I called the show and they said, hey, can you be here in an hour? We want to, uh, yeah. we, we want to talk about it with, uh, with the network. So we went in and I told him, don't say anything when we walk in the room, I'm the heavy. I had him on the drive over tell me everything that he did and didn't want. And I walked in the room and I negotiated it for him and got him more episodes and way more money. Yeah. Was 20. that the first time yeah. you ever did something like first that? First time. Well. <laughs> well, I don't know. First, I, I know you know. I, you was young, girl. You wasn't, you wasn't too much in the game for as as negotiating anything. I was surprised, but I told her, I said, well, just, I said, what's something nice? So, you know, they're going to be looking at you. You did not say that. I said, they're going to be looking at you the most of the time. They're going to be looking at you and not really paying attention (laughs) to what you're talking about. 
I didn't even really know. I, I didn't even know that I had it in me to do what you I did, did that Ooh, day. Did but did it, it was it was yeah. it was very surreal. It and out. and it, it, the first thing that came out of my mouth, they were like, oh, they said, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. And I said, oh, well, it's really nice. It's been really nice to meet with you. <laughs> and all I can see was out of the corner of my eyes, his leg like his leg moving. <laughs> I'm thinking, don't look at him. Don't look at him. <laughs> it worked so out. It, it worked, worked out. out really, really well. But so at first they said we can't do that. At what point well, did they change it? Have a change of heart. When she was getting ready to leave. When we were when we were about to walk out, and they said, Hold because on, wait, wait, I wait. went high on the negotiation. Yeah. He told me what he wanted, and so in my head I went much higher. Right. And so when he heard the number come out of his my mouth, I could <laughs> I could already see him moving next to me, and I was trying not to focus because yeah. I was trying to keep a straight yeah. face. And after that, we did. Uh, I got him on Def Comedy Jam. I managed him for a while after that until he, uh, he left me for a big agent, but that's all right. Yeah, well, you know, I had to. <laughs> it was time. <laughs> it, it, it was good. It worked out, though. It worked out. It first time. time I met Willie, man, was on uh, the set of Martin. Remember that? You I came do to, came to that. the set. Yeah. I do that. Came to the set. Yeah. Came to one of the yeah. tapings. I didn't but, know yeah. that. Uh huh. Willie was laughing in the audience when they said <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was when Willie D was Willie D. <laughs> 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 Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah Yeah Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You were just talking about the, the character, the, the bruh man character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just recently saw a video of Angela Means who played... Felicia, and she was lamenting about how Lament. her role as Felicia Dude. and how that stuck with her and how hard and how heavy it's been for her to embrace that role and how people have basically just typecast her. They Th- have you have you have you ever had that type of experience? What do you think about that? You know, because you, both of you played iconic right. roles. Right, right, right. That broad man role, man, right. you, you can't shake it. Day before yesterday. I just text my friend. I sent him that interview with Angela Means. And I say, man, can you, is this serious? Mm-hmm. He hit me back. He said, yo, dude, it ain't that big. It ain't that serious. He said, man, he said, I, I ain't get mad that I that I got my ass whooped by Steven Seagal and Mark for Death, my man Mike Ralph. He was the Jamaican dude that was always getting beat up, you know. But he said, man, I don't care about that. Let me tell you something, man. Hot shot dead. You know, uh, as far as me doing stand-up. You know, I only started doing stand-up after the Martin thing. I, I didn't start as a stand-up, coming started off as an actor. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't do stand-up like in L.A. I never done, you know, I do it. Every now and then I might do a stand-up in L.A., but I never do because I, I don't want to get known as a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. I don't be I don't take, taken serious as a dramatic actor. I've done so many dramatic roles, uh, comedy roles, and, you know, like a lot of the white cast directors don't know me as, bro, man. 
Mm. A lot of black casting directors know me as bruh, man. But they still call me in for other 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 characters, other roles. And I've done so many, man. Like I said, I've ER, NCIS, um, Vegas, uh, so many other roles I've done. But our people know me as those 12 characters. And I, I, I did like 40 episodes of Bernie. I did way more Bernie than I did Martin. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I, I don't worry about getting typecast because I know once I get into that room to audition... I know I got the chops to do what I have to do. Right. So, you know, that's, and and that's, you know, basically it's like, that's my business. It's like what I do, you know, myself is, is loan myself out to other, you know, the companies. So, you know, these, 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 you know, it's like, y'all, man, it's like a business. You know, you, 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 mm-hmm. people, you know, buy for y'all, you know, your, your, your performances and your entertainment. So that's what we do, man. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my own, um, Business. Employer. Yeah. I, I employ myself to go out and do what I do. And it's, it's just like, you know, the Cameo app. I'm, I'm on Cameo. So it's like, you know, people call and ask for me to say happy birthday to them. So it's like, it's so many ways to, to go into a business to make mm-hmm. money off of yourself. You know, any talent that you have, hey, man, you got to use it, man. Because if you don't, you lose it. Did that, from that business relationship. Mm-hmm. Were there any personal relationships that got developed uh, you know, at, at, on the Martin show with those um, characters? Carl, you know, me and Carl Payne pretty tight, and uh, me and Tommy was pretty tight. Right. You know, Tommy was my dude, man. I mean, um, he 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 was off in electronics like me. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, we used to, we was like the first cast that had those little, remember those little eight millimeter uh, uh, portable uh, VHS you could take on the plane with your man pop up put the little tape in you could watch movies so yeah you missed it shit Brad no yeah yeah we had those things he, he man Brad, Brad yeah. he's a geek yeah that's me. I love I love electronics, man. I love electronics. So so me and Tommy develop a real good relationship, man. I I haven't seen Martin in so long, man. I think I seen the last time I seen him was on a reunion we did, but before that, about five years ago, man, Snoop had a um a, um eighties party, and uh, he invited us, and we went, me and my wife, and I seen him then. That was yeah. like that was twenty years before I seen him. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Twenty what you, years. What, what do you think about Martin? Martin, man, Martin got a big heart, man. A big heart, you know, kind of laid back dude. If you if you if you around him, he don't really say much, you know. Just um, you know, I never really hung out with him to know him like that, you know. Like I hung out with Carl, like I hung out with with Tommy, you know, Tashina uh, a few times, but I, I never hung out. And 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 it could have been my fault because he had invited me over to his house before, you know, shoot hoops. I'm not, I, I don't shoot hoop. <laughs> I was a football player, you know. <laughs> I never got I never go. I never got around to shooting hoop. And um but but yeah, I mean when we see each other it's like we we we've been knowing each other for years though. Yeah. You know, we did the reunion, it was real cool, man, hanging with him and, and, and talking to him, man. I mean, you know, it was a lot of love, man, on set when I came through the window for the reunion. Whole lot of love. Seemed like he didn't even know I was gonna be there. Yeah. yeah. Did you encourage Dana to come to LA? I mean, how did that go? No, nah, um, you know, she I I, I I, I did a, I did a, my first comedy show out here. In, at, at, you remember they had Uptown Comedy? What was Uptown Comedy Spot? J. Anthony Brown owned it, and uh, mm-hmm. David Raybon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, uh, was it Uptown? Um, yeah, it was no, no, it was, was Uptown. No, 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 no. It was, was Ruchon McDonald. Uh, yeah, Ruchon McDonald. It was the yeah. hip hop comedy spot. Hip hip hop comedy spot. That's right. On uh, yeah, Main, Main Street. Street. That's it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I met her there, man. And, um, first time. Yeah, yeah. Then first we, time ever. We and y'all up. didn't know y'all were cousins? No. Well, we did. Time. At the time, we did. Well, my mother told me I was kidding all the scurries. Okay. And so, so, 
And she kind of remind me of my family. <laughs> you know, uh, so I'm he, like, wow. His daughter and I look alike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so exactly. y'all didn't meet up there. Y'all, you met her there. I met her there. Oh, yeah, yeah. incidentally. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you tried to push up on her. You thought she was cute. Nah. No. You tried to holler at your cousin. Nah, I tried to holler at your cousin. I was married, dog. I don't know, man. He's fifth, dog. It's fifth. It's fifth. Shut up. Fifth cousin in the country don't count. Edie, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Fifth cousin don't count. So how'd you... So I know... I never heard that story, Dana. No? How did you make? How did you make your way to LA? Um, so from Houston, I've I've always wanted to be in LA. I've always wanted to. I just for some reason, I was attracted to the city. It so just, you give up Houston for LA. I love Houston. Kind of shit. Houston is home. Houston is home. <laughs> All right, good. Houston is home. I gave home. up Gavison. You can't blame me for that, brother. Thank <laughs> you. It's different. Houston, All right, go ahead. Houston will always be home, but I always felt felt as though I wanted to be somewhere where the energy matched mine. Um, on, on entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. that spirit. You have LA as a hodgepodge. You have all these people come. It's a melting pot of people from all over the world mm. that come that just want a better life and just want to be judged on their on their work ethic and their merit. And that's what I that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be around that energy. But you have a marketing degree. How, do. How, how do you take a marketing d- d- degree and go out to L.A. and become a writer? Uh-huh. So I have a marketing degree. Can I say from Texas Southern University? Very, I'm very proud of that. Shout very out proud to of HBC. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I just, I, I have, I want to say I have layers. I tried, I, I morphed into five different people before I turned 30. Um, I just wanted to try different things. I had an energy in me. I have a work ethic in me hmm. where I knew I could be whatever I put my stamp on. I could do whatever I wanted to do. And so when I was young, I tried to feel that out. What does that mean? And where could I be successful? So I always wanted to to write, but my mom wanted me to have the marketing degree. Hmm. So I went and I got the marketing degree. And then I shout w- out to Sandra. Ah, hello. <laughs> hello, mama. Um, and so after that, I worked my nine to five and I interned at the Steve Harvey show. And the, oh God, at, how was that? At the it it was awesome. <laughs> no, that's favorite show. It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I got a lot of opportunity from that experience. I wrote my first spec script and I was hired um, to assist Ralph Farquhar, who is the creator of the Moesha show. He was hired to um, executive produce the Proud family. And hired me as his assistant, and I wrote some episodes while I was employed by the show. So it was fun. I realized it was not for me. While I was on the set of the Steve Harvey show, some wardrobe, Steve's wardrobe girls and I got together and we formed a business to make some extra money during the holidays. And Steve said, whatever money y'all come up with, I'll match it. And he did. And we formed a How gift. much was that? I think we came up with two twenty five hundred. And he matched the 2500 And we started doing gifts for the holidays. And in that month, we made $15,000. Again, my servant's heart. I loved um, making people happy during Who that. Who did y'all sell these gifts to? Will Smith, Cedric the Entertainer. Shout out to Cedric. Um, just the cast and people that were on the lot. So we made a we made a great deal of money to us at that time. Fifteen thousand was a lot of money. So when I was on the Proud Family, I saved my money up and I formed my business, which Mm -hmm. is now it's promotional products and corporate gifting for major corporations for Fortune five hundreds. And she ate nice, nice. And you work (laughs) with some of the biggest global brands Mm. in the world, like Boeing, Boeing, Major League Baseball, Target. Yeah, you got Um, Honda. 
I, yes, I have Honda. I have, um, oh my gosh, so many companies. I have all in our area, our local area, we have all of the, um, all of your phone comp, the phone company, the, um, you know, water companies, all of your utilities we have in the area and we've been serving them. We have, I think at this point we just got Metro. I think we also have Metro in Houston. Shout out to Houston again. Um, so yeah, we have Bristol Myers Squibb. That's one of our, our best clients, McKenzie. Um, so we just have a number of clients. And what exactly what are y'all doing with these clients? What are you, how do you serve them? So what's the product or service? So they might come to us and they say, you know, they might say, hey, we have a community event. The target market, we'll ask them what the target market is and what message they're working to convey. And we'll work to come up with a campaign of promotional products, branded items that best suits the brand, that protects the brand and speaks to that to that event and though and that target market. Uh, and yeah. let me tell you something, man. I, I've seen her, the, the products she used to sell. I see. I, this girl is one of the hardest working people I've ever seen. I seen her selling stuff Tell out, out of her garage, dude. <laughs> apartment about. garage. Yeah. And used to wrap the gifts herself and send them out. Like she's a, like she's a multi, big time, multi-business, you know, uh, a conglomerate or something, man. And and she grew into that now. It's, 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 That's huge. And I remember, yeah, man, in her little bitty apartment. You know, sometimes me and my wife used to get into it. I say, all right, why ain't coming back? I go over there. Girl be working hard. I'll be like, she'd be up to like 12 o'clock at night still on the phone. He's like, I'm going back to my wife. I can't sleep over here. I can't sleep over here, yo. This is crazy. (laughs) On that little bitty futon she was having in the living room. And she she, she made it happen, man. I'm an eyewitness to that. Mm -hmm. Eyewitness. Dana, how satisfying is it for you to have those humble beginnings in L.A.? And then to be on the level you are right now and then getting ready to do this podcast where you're going to share this information. Oh, wow. That is a loaded question. I think that for me, I'm proud of my humble beginnings. I'll say this. I started in Fifth Ward. Parents got divorced. We moved to Fifth Ward and I I used to have a lemonade stand. I sold pickles, (laughs) now laters, uh, and lemonade um, to the folks in Fifth Ward. And it's just, it was always in my spirit. It was always in my soul. I always knew at seven years old that I wanted to um, I wanted to serve others and I wanted to to do well for myself. I want to push past whatever limits I think I have. I want to push past them. So coming from a humble, humble, humble beginnings, I think kind of brings it full circle because this is why we want to do this. This is why I want to do this to whom much is given, much is required. And I think that goes without saying, um, you know, Reggie and I, we're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to put ourselves out there. We're both very private people. So. That that now, which leads me to this question. <laughs> yes, you being such a low key person. Yes, all of this time you've yes. been a low key, very low key person. Yes, and now you're about to do a podcast where you're about to put yourself out there and be and subject yourself to a lot of scrutiny. Yes, are you really ready for that? Well, I don't think I'm. I don't think I've been ready for anything that I stepped out on faith, faith and tried. Yeah, but all the time no, you've been doing all this other stuff, mm-hmm. you've still been low key. I know, but I I think I hope more than anything that people will see our heart and the and and our why and the why we do it. We only want to help people, and so hopefully that will be transparent as we as we navigate because we're going to be learning too. We're going to put our foot in our mouths. We're human. 
We're going to do a lot of things that maybe we will look back on and say, "Uh, maybe we should have, you know, treaded lighter. But I think we're going to put our full our full selves in, be dedicated to it. And hopefully, as long as we can help anybody, hopefully that will that will count for something. So, yes, I think that's both of our whys. Yeah. 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 Because you want to give people something that they can when they get um, finished listening to us, they can say, well, wow. And they go put it to use and they say, hey, that it really worked. You know, so. Yeah. If it don't, then, you know, I mean, it, 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 it takes it takes a lot of work, man. You got a lot of time. I mean, you know, kindergartens one time, they thought that Martin find me on the streets. And that's how I became bro, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's for real, man. They say, hey, they found you on the street, huh? I see you was homeless, huh? And I went to two universities, man. It's <laughs> it take work, man. You know, it just happened overnight, bro. It don't happen overnight, man. I mean, it, it take, hey, man, it take, it take hard work, bro. Ghetto Boys Reloaded Podcast. We'll be right back after the break. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. 
Listen to Woke App Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me ask you a question. When you um, when you guys left down here, mm-hmm. Houston, Galveston, to go to Southern California you know, Hollywood movie stars. Did that cost of living play a part of the fear? Did you have any fear at knowing that you were going to have to come up with this money? Because it costs a lot of money to be in Los Angeles, California. Even more now than it was. That's the reason why I never left Houston. Yeah, I don't want to spend that kind of money. Hey, I remember, man, you know, my, my family. They'll be back. A lot of them are coming <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, a lot of them come back. A lot of them come back, bro. A lot of them are coming back. Yeah, but they're coming from all over I'm the place about, now. I'm talking yeah. yeah, that's that's true. Man, I, I told my travel. boys. A lot of rich people, famous I, people are coming back to Houston. I told my headache, boys, bro. man, when I left Galveston, we all sat in, in my living room, man, a little bitty apartment, my mother's house. And it was four of us, man, me and my boys. I said, hey, man, we're we going to make a pack. None of us coming back. I left. All three of them came back. Two came back the next day. <laughs> when went to school. They spent the night outside looking at the college and drove back <laughs> the next day, dude. That's a real story. Wow. And uh, but my aunt, I was in Missouri because I had transferred, went to Missouri my last year. And I was telling my aunt, yes, I'm coming down there. I want to be an actor. She said, oh, I got a friend out here. He's trying to be an actor and he's not making it. And you should go to the NFL, go play football. And I wasn't even listening, man. I was like, after she got through talking, like we talked about earlier, about just waiting for my opportunity to jump into the conversation. When she got through talking, <laughs> I said, okay, we'll be pulling in Friday. <laughs> I didn't know how we was going to make it. Mm-hmm. We left. In a little bit of Nissan Central, man. I was riding like this here on the steering wheel because all our stuff was packed in the back seat wow. all the way to California. Damn. Yeah, we had about 500 bucks. 
five hundred bucks. Twenty two hours. Did y'all ride straight? Yeah, right. straight through, dude. Straight but you gotta through. have a good support system. Man, His I wife is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. she was. She was right she, there with me, man. You have she to was have a, right yeah. there with you when you yeah. left. Yeah. Galveston. Yeah. Yeah. She's the Been most amazing, the most amazing woman yeah. ever. Yeah. And so she supported him, and they had each other. And it's crazy. I had him when I moved out. I had. Two months I stayed, I had a roommate, yep. had a bad experience, and he had to move me out in the middle of the night. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I slept on his couch for, yep. uh, he and his wife's couch for uh, a few months. Though. <laughs> yes. So what's the bad experience? Uh, well, that I tell was you, one. Man, what was the bad experience? <laughs> yeah. Living <laughs> there? With the guy? Oh yeah, yeah, guy, what, what, right? No, no, no. It was, it was a, a it was a it was a girl. What happened? I've been hearing these horror stories about roommates all the time. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was insane. The, the they were a couple, and uh, I guess she thought he was getting too friendly with me. So car ended up getting stolen, it was jewelry yeah, getting stolen. So he had to come and move me out like a thief in the night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it, it it gets hairy out there. But I will tell you this: I knew moving from Houston. I bet on myself. I knew my worth. I knew my value. And even though I was really young, I knew what I knew I could always come home. Yeah, I yeah. didn't I I had it in my mind. I never will. That's it. That's it. Unless it's on my terms. And I I, I put the pedal to the metal. To the metal to the metal. And that's why I say I worked my nine to five and then I worked for Steve Harvey in the afternoon. You know, I always I was always thinking of ways to better myself. Hmm. It was it, I was never comfortable with just status quo. It just always had a burning a burning inside of me to do more and to do better. First I, night in town. First night in town. Mm-hmm. You pulling to California. <laughs> you don't know about first night, bro. And you got five. You got five hundred dollars in your pocket. How much, bro? First, first of all, I didn't even much. think. I didn't even think about not making it. I, I never thought about making it or not making it. I, I just I just went with the flow, man. I just went with the flow. I'm here. I'm here. Wherever happened. I land, yeah. I'm going to land. Man, the first day we got there, my aunt told me, uh, right over by USC off of Vermont. That's where she lived. Hood. She say, hey, you got the Missouri plates on your car. This ain't Texas. This ain't Missouri. Take your stuff out the back, out the trunk. I said, I get it tomorrow. Oh, that's She story. say, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Came back tomorrow. <laughs> Everything was gone, dog. My wife wearing dress, all my football tapes, clippings, papers, all oh, that was gone, man. Bro. I had a big old poster in the back of me, like big poster at SMU on the goal line like this. And we stopped, uh, I think with Texas AM, I'm like this here. I said, they ain't got my poster. And I had a 357 oh. Magnum uh air pellet gun. I said, they ain't take that. So I pulled it in the back. I said, put it in the back. She said, boy, you ain't nothing else in there. I said, yeah, I got something. And I said, I go get that out the wire. Gone. She said, boy, this is not. <laughs> I went back out there. Gone. <laughs> they got me, dog. That was my initiation. But my cousin, she knew. She said, well, usually when they steal people's stuff, they'll leave it in this alley. You know, what they don't want, they'll, you know, leave it in the alley. So I got some of the stuff back, you know, but the main you stuff, man. You went to the alley and got Yeah, some got of some of the stuff back in, wow. in the dumpster, man. <laughs> some of the wow. stuff. They, I knew who did it, man, and the dude ain't living to this day. Look, but you didn't have anything to do with it. No, no, okay, let's just be clear about that. But he did. <laughs> oh, oh. Dude named Jay. Jay got me. Jay got you for your stuff. Got me for my stuff, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but the wedding dress, you shouldn't have never touched that. But, hey. It was did done. he throw that in the trash? Uh, we couldn't find that one. Uh, that, oh, somebody probably wore that. Too. Yeah, somebody wore that one. You know, I'm a, you know, I had a man. I, I, what hurt me? What hurt me is he got my Vanessa Del Rio collection. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Not Vanessa. That hurt me to my heart right there. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. My Vanessa Del Rio, man. To this day. Yeah, but I never thought about, man. I never I never thought about, like, if I was going to make it or if mm-hmm. I wasn't going to make it. This is like in college, man. I never, I mean, high school, I never thought uh, of going to a DH1 school or college. I was just playing football. Right. And I yeah. just started getting letters, man. I wasn't even anticipating going to play college football, man. It just happened. You know, when I did yeah. Def Jam, I didn't even... Want to do? I didn't even uh, try to do Def Jam, man. It just happened. It just came about. I didn't. So you know, it seemed so, like to me you kind of like followed the opportunity. I just, I, I just, I just went, man, because I never had in my mind that I, you know, from when I was in the fourth grade, I knew I wanted, to, I wanted to play football, I wanted to run track, and I wanted to act. I had a piece of paper and I wrote it and I stuck it on my door when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And every time I walked out of my room, I looked at that paper, and mm-hmm. it followed that way, man. I never thought it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I never I never had a doubt, man. I you know, yeah. I took my wife out there, man, and I was like, okay, the only thing I was worried about is taking care of her. I didn't want her to be out there, you know, struggling. I said, man, yeah. if I can take care of my wife, I'll be all right. But I didn't never think I never thought that I wasn't gonna make it. Yeah. Yeah. You you play a lot of supporting roles. Have you ever mm-hmm. like really just wanted to be the guy out, all the way out in the front? I, I do. And I just, before I came out here, man, I just landed a new agent, man, uh, a BH agency. Mm-hmm. And they want to take me in a whole different direction, man. They want to take me more dramatic now, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm happy that I got with her, you know, um, uh, Charlene, them over there. She's in LA? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to this 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 new year, man. What yeah. what's the wildest story you can share with us about somebody recognizing you as Brud Man in the streets? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was coming. I was coming from the set of Martin, and uh, it was a big girl, man. She was a big old girl, and we was walking because my I had to park in the parking lot with the, with the audience. You know, everybody else had to go <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the audience. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm parking with the audience, man. And my cousin was with my other cousin in, in California. She's like, she the girl say, uh, "Bro, man," and I say, "Hey, how you doing?" And then she started running, and my cousin said, "You you you better you better uh, walk a little faster." I said, "Oh, she all right." And then she started like, ah, ah. My cousin said, nah, you better run. So I started running, man. The girl ran up. <laughs> I got in my car, man. And it was like, it was like, like Cujo, dog. And that was, I was like, wow, that's when I knew. Cujo. <laughs> yeah, Cujo. Wow. That's when I knew that, Damn. you know, this character was, was, you know, bigger than, um, you know, that, that, that I thought, man. I was just doing another role because, like I said, I've done, you know, other, I played this character on, um, Fox called Tyrell and, uh, show called, um, uh, True Colors with, uh, Frankie mm-hmm. Faison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, I did other things, but Martin was the one that, like, say, man, that's, that's the staple that, um, mm-hmm. everybody knows. What's the story that you can share with us where it came out all bad? It was like I mean, really just a negative experience because you know sometimes oh. when you're a celebrity, people can be fans of yours, yeah. but they don't really know how to react. They don't know how to speak to you when they right. see you. Right. Sometimes they're they're starstruck in a negative way. Yeah, and and, and, and you know and you know how you know what's funny about that man is it always stuff like that always happened at home. Hmm. Your home people, mm. you know, I never had really bad experiences with, you know, people from somewhere else, but is at home, you know, classmates, you know, they mm. might get a little jealous and they be mm. like, oh man, I don't care who you are, man, blah, 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 blah. And I ain't even say nothing. Man, I right. I'm just, all yeah, the time. all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I ain't even say nothing, dude. I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm yeah. trying to hang out 
you know, have fun, mm-hmm. and you like, you know, you my, think you this man? Yeah, man, it's crazy, I'm man. I'm here by myself, man. I'm, I'm, I'm doing me by myself. You came in here. Yeah, that is, that <laughs> is all up in my space. That is, yeah. it's always that person, man. This is never, you know, I don't think I ever had a, a bad experience with with somebody outside of my hometown. But why do you think that is that is happening in your own hometown? Because they think that they know me, and they mm-hmm. think that man, I'm funnier than him, or I can do this better than him. You know, I, I remember when I used to take theater classes, man, when I was in college, you know, my friends used to say, man, you you got a starting linebacker, man. You taking, man, that stuff for girls, man. Now them saying cats ask me, you know, they, you know, I was doing uh, theater, football player, I'm linebacker, starting linebacker. They think that's like, you know, girl stuff to take theater classes, you know. So um, them say, those same cats now ask me, can I hook them up? So now I put in the work. <laughs> all them years put in the work, but now you just want to come out here yeah. and just yeah. think that you can I, just go on. I um I played football and I was in speech and drama too in school. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, well see. That was in that in high school too? No. College? I no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, no, no. <laughs> nah, you know like who junior, I am, man. It's like junior high school. Oh yeah. And, um my first You ain't never get no flag for that? Few, few months. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. For being a theater. That's what I'm saying. I wish a motherfucker would play yeah, the game was, with me. I was about to say that. Nah, I, we got, I we got, that was I got, cool because I, I, I did it because the girls was in it. Yeah, I got flagged, man. I got flagged, bro, on my, on my, but they came and seen some of the plays and they were, they, they showed, they gave a lot of love. They respected it. And, uh, but you know, that, that was the story, man. It's like, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I did it, you know, and, and I was nervous as hell walking to the, my first audition in college. To, uh, to play C.J. Memphis, man. <laughs> Dope. And um, I was nervous as hell. It was my first time going up on stage to do comedy. Anthony Brown started me in doing comedy, man. Mm-hmm. I like Jan. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, shout out yeah. to yeah. Jan. Yeah, man. He the one started me. Look out right there. What is, what yeah. is Watch out there now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's my man, man. He the one told me to go to hip hop. He said, man, go to my club oh, in, yeah? in Houston, man. He owned part of the club. He said, go to my club in Houston. This, this yeah. bring up the, you know, I was on Marcus. He used to warm up the audience on Martin. And um, he's like, man, let's go down there and, you know, bring up the audience. Man, I give you $1,000 for seven shows. I thought that was a lot of money. I'm like, $1,000 for seven shows? Okay. <laughs> Willie ain't going. I, I ain't going now either. Willie going to talk me out of it. That's a lot of money. He going to talk me out of it. That's wow. a that's a, what is that? That's a that's a thousand. That's a lot of money. Now that was for seven shows. No, no, that's a hundred and yeah. yeah. He, he that wasn't really that's known at that time, time. man. How long they knew me? The show was hot. How long you had to be up there? We did we did what what on stage? How long did you have to be on stage for the hundred bucks? I was hosting. I was hosting. So I just brought up comics, man. So I didn't really have any jokes, but I asked him, "Can I tell jokes?" He said, "If you think you can." So I was one of them telling jokes, man, and, and and thought I was cool. And somebody else saw me in the audience, man. They took me all over the world, man. Japan, Germany. I was wow. hosting, you know, for the troops. So that, oh, yeah. that's how no. I did that. How how long was it that you was in LA before you got your first role? Man, it wasn't long at all. Um You're talking what? Because uh maybe shoot, maybe two months. And how'd you go about doing it? Two months. I I, I found man, I I went to this bank and this cat named Mohammed. He was the man. Things happened for a reason, man. He was he was a security. He said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna be on TV tonight." We didn't even know this dude. I said, "Really?" I said, yeah, "I'm trying to be an actor." I said, "How you do it?" He said, "I'm just gonna be an extra, man. I'm just gonna be an extra." I said, "Well, how you be an extra?" And he told me how to do it. 
And I did it for, I did extra work for four times. And I told my wife on the fourth one, I say, man, I ain't doing this junk no more. And I was supposed to be a stand-in for uh, this this actor that didn't show up for a show called, a uh, movie called uh, I Love You to Death with River Phoenix, Kevin Klein, mm-hmm. and Tracy Ullman. I was supposed to be a stand-in. Actor didn't show up. So River Phoenix, I'm standing behind River Phoenix. And I'm from I'm from Texas, man. I ain't scared of nothing. I said, the only thing they could do, I said, I'm going to start talking. Because that's the only way you get your sad card. You have to talk in the movie. And in order to be in the movie, you got to have your sad card. So mm-hmm. I said, well, I ain't got my sad card. I, ain't. I said, I'm going to start talking. The only thing they could do is tell me to shut up or go home. They can't put their hands on me. <laughs> as long as I know they can't, can't put their hands on me, I'm good. You so I started talking. I, went, I just started talking. <laughs> and Lawrence Cat, I started saying, hey, good job, man. Good job. I said, <laughs> good job. So I'm supposed to be a stand-in. You know, right. after the show, I'm like, good right. job. <laughs> And next thing I know, Lawrence Cassidy, man, the, the director, big director of the Big Chill and all that, they, they came up to me, gave me a contract. Man, that and is man, I was gangster. signing, I was that signing. Is I gangster. wish I could see that contract right now because you probably couldn't understand nothing I wrote. I'm trying to hurt for these, when they changed change their mind. mind. <laughs> I was shaking, dude. And I got my my uh, River Phoenix, man, may rest in peace. He was more happy for me than myself. No shit, wow. man. He was out there. He was man. River Phoenix, man. River was so cool, man. He was jumping up. Man, he was coming outside, hitting me in my arm, punching me. He had this old beat-up car. He used to have to get in through the window. He used to jump through the window to get in his car because he was like a you know, <laughs> mellow dude. Man, he was punching me in my hand, in my face, man. Good job, man. In your Congrats. face. I mean, you know, this hit me on my arms and stuff. Like, oh. you're a good job, man. He said, that's, that's great. Congratulations. And I found out later when I did the movie Class Act with Ken Play, the actor didn't show up was Tommy Ford. Wow. That's Who's how that? I got my... Tough for Martin. Mm. Oh, Tommy. Tommy. Oh, he the one that show up, man. And we was talking on the set of a uh, class act, and I was like, "Man, no really how I got my set called this actor and show up for this this role in uh, this movie called I Love You Death." He said, "What?" He said, "Man, that was me, man." He said, the "Reason I ain't show up because I was doing uh, 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 Harlem Nights." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he said, "I had to pick and choose." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Hey, um, yeah. River Phoenix died. Um, Drug man in that there. club. What's the name of that club? It was the Viper Room. The Viper Room. Mm-hmm. What kind of Sunset. what kind of dude was he though? Was he and super I was surprised, cool? brother, because the dude we was eating and doing a scene eating a pizza, mm-hmm. and he was eating. He was picking off the veggies, man, and eating it because he was a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. He was a vegan, so he eating the mm-hmm. the, 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 so the he, vegetables. Like he took care of I'm like, how this dude, you know, eating vegetables, but you know, he OD on drugs. That's why I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Because everybody got their own vices. Yeah, I guess so. And their own story. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. it's like, I know I got, because I, I never drank in my life, yeah. man. Never had a drink in my life. Never smoked in my life. But I got that that weakness with that sweets, boy. That's my problem, it calls man. you? <laughs> it calls me. It calls you. You ain't it never smoked me. no weed? Never smoked weed. Never had a drink. He's, Couldn't tell you how it tastes, man. He's so straight but up But I can tell you how bluebell tastes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he is so straight up and down. Some banana nut ice cream, baby. <laughs> Dana, tell us that story about when you met Muhammad Ali for the second time when he was in L.A. Oh, you, my goodness. So um, I had a I had a doctor that I, I had surgery, um, sinus surgery. And it was my last visit of, of five First, one of the first visits, I saw the, a picture on the wall uh, that my doctor had with Muhammad Ali. And I said, you know, told him my story, how I met him when I was young. And he and I showed him a picture that I had with Muhammad Ali. And he was like, can I hold on to this to this picture? So I gave him a copy of it. And my last visit in the doctor's chair, doctor's all up my nose. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the door swings open and Muhammad Ali walks in. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. He, he walked, he didn't, no knock, no nothing. He just walks in. And this was close to before he died. 
So he he was, you know, couldn't really speak very well, but opened the door and my doctor said, do you remember this this young lady? And he looked at me and he smiled so big and he was like, beautiful. Wow. Like just the ex- I think he was thinking more of the experience, That's you cool. know, that we had That's cool. That's when cool. I was when I was a kid where we were glued to the hip. Mm-hmm. It was it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Greatest. I, yes. Met, I met Muhammad Ali at the Sheridan Hotel in Universal. Man, he right? ain't met no Muhammad Ali, man. In, the, uh, in Universal Studio? He ain't met, yeah. he ain't met no Man, Willie D hates on me so hard, <laughs> He just mad because I met the champ. But the champ told BW that he looked like Joe Frazier, and he got in that boxing stance. So oh, that yeah. was the funniest oh, shit yeah. in the world, oh, yeah. So you look like Ali. Joe Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> sure did. Y'all yeah, met him, uh, man. Oh, Ali, yeah, it's a treat. Ali, man, I, and Ali has so many moments like that. If you go on yeah, the internet where exactly. he just walks into Walk, a room yeah, yeah, and yeah. surprise people. But the, I yeah. mean, the idea that he had planned, you know, he wasn't feeling well. He wasn't at his best and he still Came took time yeah, to come dope. to that yeah, office and that's to dope. see me. It was, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was, that was a surreal moment as well. That's dope, right? One there, of the man, things I want to, I want to say though, some people have been asking about rich people's business. You know, how how does Reggie come into the fold? I have a business, but this is, again, the business of Reginald runs hi- himself as a business. And so he has and he does it flawlessly. He doesn't have an assistant. He's on the, the road. That's why I be having problems. Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday. And he runs his own business completely. And he um, he does it well. And he's grown. He's on the. He does sometimes two shows a day, and he's grown. Um, he's organized. Um, he can tell you anything about his business. He has a lot to share about the industry. Um, so I think just just know when you come to our podcast, when you when you um, come tune in, you're going to learn a lot about a lot. You know, you're going to be able to see things from different perspectives and then you'll tell us what you want to know. The goal for us is to go inside of various businesses. We want to take you along a journey. Mm. We want to show you show people, uh, regular people doing um, jobs that we don't talk about a lot. Mm. You know, we want to take you and show you minority business owners that own uh, car dealerships successfully. Mm. Um, You know, we just want just jobs, things that people do that don't get a lot of play but are very lucrative for minorities. You have to understand in the U.S., 70% of small businesses, which is anything under, I think it's 40 million, is considered a small business, is um, Caucasian driven. Every, I think black folks are at about 6.6%. Asians are at 6.2%. And Hispanics, I think, are about 14.2% of the small business pie. Hmm. So we need to figure out how we elevate and go to the next level and make sure that we are growing our own percentages and our numbers in different ways. So that's what we want to do. Yeah. Well, that Asian uh, number is a little skewed because they have a much smaller population than we do. So Mm -hmm. we should have a higher number. Yeah. We should have, because we represent Mm -hmm. a much larger Mm -hmm. demographic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, that's going to be, uh, that's, that's going to be very beneficial. And that's what we try to do on this podcast is yeah. just basically oh. give people information and instructions yeah. right, to help them navigate through this wild, crazy, beautiful world. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, and it's, yes. And it's been very beautiful sitting here with you guys, uh, sucking up Thank game you. and l- learning a, a little bit more about your lives. I, I thought I knew you 
uh, I guess you still got some more secrets. But, <laughs> but it was, keep your secrets. But it's it was definitely good to oh, get man. to know a little bit sure. more about you. Rick. Yes, sir. Same uh, here. Dana just talk about you all the time. Oh, yeah, I mean, man. not just talk. That's my gal. Rage. Right. That's my gal. We're Reggie, best Reggie, friends. Reggie, Reggie, that's my Reggie, gal. Reggie. Nobody yeah. teases yeah. me. Nobody teases me like him. <laughs> Girl, you don't have a forehead. You got you got an eight head. <laughs> I'm more scared about what this man is going to say. Back. Yeah, you yeah. got to really see a. <laughs> He talks so bad about me. See that knot. He clouds me. I'm glad I have a thick skin. Please, please, I would love... Appreciate that, man. I would love everybody to to join in and check us out too. Instagram, please come follow us. Instagram, Rich People's Business Podcast. We're on all the socials. TikTok, come join us and we'll keep you posted. We're going to jump off the first quarter of the year, 2023. But uh, we'll keep you posted. You come follow us. Uh, Reggie is your, your handle for... TikTok, hmm? Instagram, your handle? Uh, Brumman underscore Phil Flow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Brother Man underscore Phil Flow. Dana Haley what, one. Your, yeah, Dana Haley. What's your what's the business IG? Oh, Cetera Marketing. Cetera Marketing. And we're also launching the uh, 2023 Bode Box. Cetera Marketing. And let me tell you something, fam. I have uh, bought a number of items from Cetera Marketing and uh they do a very good job. Um Quality yeah. products, quality packaging, quality yeah. service. Quality now. Yeah. Used to be yes. chicken change, but now it's nice. No, it was <laughs> never. Yeah. Don't play yeah. with me. I'm joking. Because yeah. even when Don't she was small, even when she's small, she yeah. made those packages. Sure did. Really, really. Yeah. Hey, and and I, with carrying them bad boys too, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't play. I have, Can I have a, tell one, one little story? Sure. So when I first worked, started working with Honda, I had this little apartment stuff in the garage, like Reggie said. They said, oh, we're going to come do a walkthrough. We want to do a site visit. Oh, really? oh, 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 I was thinking, oh, what does this mean? So the lady driving up to the to the site visit, she's like, what are we going to do when we get there? And I'm thinking, you're going to walk in. You're going to turn around and you're going to go back out. And so she gets to the apartment and she steps through the door and she says, oh, shit. <laughs> she, she literally oh, yeah. said those oh, yeah. words. You heard her say those words. <laughs> oh, shit. And I said, oh, shit, good. Oh, shit, bad. <laughs> and she said, you've been working with us all this time. And it had been about four months. She said, I thought you were a multi-million dollar company. <laughs> she said, you're so responsive. You know, you answer the phone every time. She said, everything is above top quality. She said, if you made, if you made me feel like that with just what you've done with out of this little apartment, she said, I will help you grow with Honda. And that lady was uh, amazing. She yeah. was true to her word yeah, and amazing. Man, that's, the, yeah. see, that's it, man. That's yeah. it. You got to fight. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You got to fight. You can do it even if you don't have any That's money. Right. You got to fight. Yeah. It'll come. Dope. That's right. Reggie, uh, what's the tour look like? Are you going on tour? Uh, yeah, man. I, my uh, my first show back is uh, June. I January 10th. I got to go to Germany, man. I do something over there for the troops. And then I go to Jamaica. So those are two first two out the, out, out the gate. Yeah. That's live. That's yeah. perfect, man. Yeah. I'm trying to convince Willie to go on his farewell tour. Man, that'll be so dope boys. right there, boy. Yeah. That'll be so dope right there. I like it. Call me, it. call call me when you overseas. I, I wanna it. come. I have He's some miles. Have <laughs> <laughs> <Not> some points. <laughs> Dude, right here. <laughs> and it's Bushwick Bill son gonna come out on tour with this us. Guys. Oh. In- <laughs> Incorrigible. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, again, thank y'all for coming on the show. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us.
and and can't wait to see y'all blow up and we yeah, bring no y'all doubt. back on yeah. the show and then no you guys doubt. can like uh, see what we see what we did with it. Yeah, right. you know that'd be we, beautiful we, to see. We can drive. We, we can pull up in a couple of Maybacks for y'all. That's how large we finna get right now. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, well, if we if we interviewed sure. by these icons, <laughs> you know, hey, wh- where where else can we go with yeah, this, you know Reggie? Yeah, <laughs> just make sure, man, when y'all pull up in those Maybachs, that you have some sandwiches. Man. I'm gonna have a whole <laughs> lot of syrup sandwiches. <laughs> Sandwiches. With butter off on them and some sprinkles. Right. It's going to be what's up. It's that time, That's fam. Right, it's time to go. We ain't got no more. No more talk. No more talk. Guys. Appreciate it. This episode was produced by A King and brought to you by the Black Effect Podcast Network and, and iHeartRadio. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.